0: Star Trek. The nerdy frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before.
1: friends, welcome to To Boldly Watch. This is episode 324. (laughs) Not really, we skipped a lot of numbers in there. (laughs) Season 3, episode 24. And I'm one of your hosts, Becca Scott.
2: Now Becca, I'm going to have to interrupt you there. You cannot have my man Jake Michaels over there. I am Xander Janere and he belongs to me and me only. If I can't have him, no one else will.
1: No. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Ooh. Uh, wait. Who am I fighting for? I, for Jake, of course. Take both. <laughs> okay. I'll. No, Jake. Your your hair is so long and luxurious, hanging out of that tower. I must climb up <laughs> into no one else can. Rapunzel. <laughs> Wasn't it Shakespeare? Shakespeare wrote Rapunzel. Did he? <laughs> No, you know what happened was he started (laughs) quoting a sonnet and then he jumped into text from a play and backed other sonnets. (laughs) It's nonsense. Picard... (laughs) where do you get your Shakespeare? I love
0: it because he's like, he's clearly just trying to get all the best parts of things because he's winging mm-hmm. it right now. I think that's right. really reflective of him. Just like, oh, uh, what, what romance, yeah.
2: romance, the,
0: the Rolodex of love is what he's going through. Right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But thank you for just like having to make up a story about my beauty,
2: Becca, comparing me to Rapunzel. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Right, no, you're, that's you're, how I see you. You're talking a lot and I believe you're my property now. So we're going <laughs> to, shush, shush. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. That's right. It's Menage a Troy. <laughs> Woo! Because a Frankie Daemon is kidnapping Riker, Deanna, and Loxana in an attempt to I don't know, like have her be a great negotiating weapon. Like, is that his plan? Mm-hmm. Is like she can yeah. she can make good deals because she's telepathic or slash empathic. And also he wants to boink her. Yeah, well that's also a... <laughs>
2: Seems to be a main driving it's, it's, factor. Just, that's
0: the thing. It's like he really oscillates between those two. He tells everybody it's a business decision, but he's really yeah. after uh, her as a person.
2: Well, if we want to get into it, that's a sign of Ferengi weakness because we're getting into now Ferengi lore and how they treat females. Yeah. Oh, we my learn goodness. about the no clothing thing and the pro- them being property.
0: They had mentioned that in earlier episodes, and I'd kind of forgotten about it. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is kind of crazy. And then they straight up were like women don't get the dignity of clothing. I was like,
2: oh, yeah. right. What, That's- I think it was said to Tasha or something like that mm-hmm. in one of the first mm-hmm. encounters. Because mm-hmm. like, she was the security guard. Yeah,
0: and they were g- repulsed right. by her wearing clothes.
1: Yeah. yeah, I I thought I got that information from you, Xander. And then this mm. was my first instance of seeing Ferengi's Make Women Be Naked. Can I just start this- by saying this whole episode makes me feel so uncomfortable. Yep. Oksana Troy is basically raped... Yep. And like sexually assaulted, and I, I was so uncomfortable. I mean, yeah. why? It's,
2: no. Yeah, it sucks because, uh, like, framing around it, there are some good moments and some good character things that happen, but I wrote down definitely like a lot of uncomfy things happen and in frequencies. <laughs> like, it's just, it, it's common to be uncomfortable during this episode. Oh, my episode. God, yes.
1: To say the
0: least. He says we should sit down and talk, and then a bed retracts out of the wall. I was like, yeah. Oh,
1: <laughs> and gold velvet?
0: That was yeah. more offensive. You're right, Becca, I agree. That, that was the... <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, before we get there, yeah, right. we've got fun chess motifs and a Wesley storyline that's actually kind of nice. Yes.
1: God, I Christ. love the Wesley storyline. I love anytime Wesley solves a good puzzle... Hmm. And I love what is it? The Algolian ceremonial <laughs> rhythms. Yep. They're dope.
2: Can you imagine that extra and they're like, okay, just sort of whack it a bit. We'll put stuff over. I promise it will be musical and it will make sense. And you're just like, <laughs> especially because mm-hmm. like the noise that it makes is very
0: much like a drum, but he's just like hitting things that are yeah. suspended by strings or something.
1: It would be like, hitting it, is a strong yeah, that's word. True. He's clattering, bing, bing, I think, bing, is the verb. Bing, bing, yeah. Yeah. It bing,
0: would be like bing, a bunch of keys bing, bing, being jangled was the real sound, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> But it's alien mm, instruments. Who knows what how they work? Properties, yeah, opinion.
1: they're not wind or brass. They're um, uh, they each have a tiny vortex inside yeah. of them that mm, creates some anomaly, phenomenally, sound. phenomenally
0: atmospheric or something. There yeah. it is. Because were with on Beta Z and things. Well, are yeah. Weird. So we're we're in ten forward. We've just we're like in orbit around Beta Z, I believe, after a conference. Yeah, and so there's a bunch of. Uh, diplomats from different regions of space who are uh, on board and partying and Rikers playing three-dimensional chess. We actually get into the inc- intricacies of three-dimensional chess and we get uh, well we get yeah. a mention of
1: so glad the, the queen's, queen's gambit, gambit survived. Yeah.
0: There it is. So topical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good, good plug for that show by the way on Netflix. Excellent so far. I'm only 2 episodes in but loved it. What? I haven't seen it Ugh. yet but It's great. I've heard good things. What? I know. Stop. I know.
1: What are you doing? I'm watching Star Trek. the best show of last year. Yeah, I'm
0: behind
2: on it. I know. Listen, I've spent a lot of time watching TV, and I I don't know, but...
1: Can I just explain to everyone that I interlaced my fingers and placed them under my chin Mm -hmm. for you podcast listeners, and no one said anything. I was about to call
0: it out, but we are just in the middle of it, but yes, you did a very good uh, impersonation of... uh, What is that actor's name
1: again? Anya Taylor-Joy.
2: We uh, see in these opening credits, and then later when we see them in person, but a familiar name of Ethan Phillips pops up, and we have an appearance of Ferengi Neelix from Voyager. For those of Uh, you that don't understand what
0: Xander is talking about, uh, (laughs) the actor that plays, is it Dr. Farrick is his name, I believe? I don't know. which Neelix. In Voyager, he's Neelix. In this episode, he's... Oh, oh, oh! I don't remember what what is. Doctor, character. I'm yeah.
1: an asshole that wants to get into Luxana's brain and just melt yeah. it down because I don't know how it works.
0: What is he a doctor of? Like yeah. he doesn't <laughs> brains.
1: <laughs> All right, he's a
0: neurologist. Uh, what Xander's referring to is
1: philosophy.
0: <laughs> the uh, actor who plays Ferick is named e- Ethan Phillips. Is that what you said?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he also plays Neelix, who's a a main character on Voyager, right? Isn't he like the bartender yep. or something?
2: Well, yeah, morale
0: officer. Morale it's officer. Oh. That's a better We <laughs> yeah. should call all Chef. bartenders that.
1: I have vague memories and he was very kind and yeah. gentle.
0: What what are, what is he? He's like a Talaxian.
1: Talaxian. Yeah. That's what I take if I've been on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> you get really but stopped up. You need not- a Talaxian.
2: It's more oh. if they just reuse some of these actors that do well in the prosthetic makeup, both like conveying emotions or being able to say the lines through the teeth and they'll or reuse them. Or not being them.
1: a little bitch about sitting in the chair for 10 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They probably got to show up so yeah. early for Notably, 10 minutes like, of shooting.
2: Jeffrey Combs is uh, another one that's just uh, a bunch of different notable like npcs or side characters yeah
0: they they get away with having different makeup so they look different most of the time it really works out pretty well
2: uh
0: and he's also in i think he's in one of the star trek movies as like a human as well so (laughs) probably uh yeah they definitely reuse him. but anyway we have short leave (laughs) yeah we're in 10 forward uh riker beats the uh beats out a a ferengi Nibor nibor in Mm three-dimensional chess And we find this Ferengi's kind of lusting after Loxana, right? And he he gives our two reasons, which we talked about, which is that she's a telepath, so she could help with negotiations. And uh, she's hot. Mm
1: -hmm. And then we get the ultimate clap back. No, bro, you don't owe me. Get out of my face
2: yeah it escalates pretty like uh, interestingly like she is even sort of curt with him in the beginning but then you see this progression of her like gradually understanding what he's trying to say and then she's got her answer (laughs) and she had every right to give him that
0: answer for sure but like i had a question before that because isn't she a diplomat yeah she's
2: not a very good (laughs) diplomat i don't think she's terrible she's the worst worst. she sucks at her job (laughs) Betazoid politics are different. You're looking at that from a human perspective. But okay? the whole point of diplomat in is to embrace other cultures and, and be
0: diplomatic.
2: And sometimes you have to be abrasive because that's how cultures are. Dealing with the Ferengi mm. or uh, some mm. other ones, you have to be sort of rude for it mm-hmm, to be considered mm-hmm. polite.
1: Exactly. They wouldn't have taken no for an answer and realized, oh, my only recourse is to now kidnap this woman if she hadn't immediately shut it down. Let's get Mm -hmm. one thing
0: straight, little man. I loved that line. Yeah.
1: (laughs)
2: I'm not. (laughs) And then she just kisses a a random woman.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was great. She is not property. She will not be owned and cannot be bought, so... You're done, buddy. And so uh, he still insists that she will be his. Then we go into the act break, right? We get shore leave with Riker and Troy. Uh, They need some time off.
1: I didn't know if this was a flashback. Uh, It looks like, you know, a holodeck Shakespeare, yeah. there was a lot of Shakespeare romance. It felt very Midsummer Night's Dream of them.
2: The only clue that they gave us was there was a little mini scene between Riker and Picard where Picard's like, at least Troy had the sense to ask for shore leave. I'm going to have to make you go on it. And then it cuts to this as if he said, oh, you're right, Captain. Mm-hmm. I'll go right away. And mm-hmm. we just fast forwarded to when mm-hmm. he's down on the planet. It seems like
0: Riker and Troy are like suddenly like together now. Like it's always been a will they won't be from my perspective,
2: right? Or are they just. Officers with benefits? Like, what's the deal?
1: They're friends with making outs.
2: Yeah, I think that's what seems. the vibe is. You know, Or when, you know, you have your friends even <laughs> when you're off duty, you want to hang out with. Hold them. hands and walk in the garden and do some
0: kissing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, but we got a big smooch. It was, uh, yeah, that's why yeah. I thought it was a flashback. I was sure. confused because she's like, it's not like that with me and Riker. We're just friends. I think that this was their subtle way of not hitting it over the head, but being like polyamory is super cool. Mm-hmm. In this
2: time zone. Yeah. Time. In this time zone. Time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's right. <laughs> Beta Z standard. This
1: zone of future time. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. But they are interrupted in their smooching by Loxana's voice because she is also picnicking on the exact same place on this planet.
2: There's a great shot where you can just see her <laughs> running around in the background with Mr. Home, like out of focus behind them. And it's Perfect. Can it's we just that, say
1: Mr. Home is not used enough in this not episode? Not at all. Yeah.
2: It's
1: a real shame. Mr. Got Home's those the berries best. berries
2: and everything.
1: This is a tall, hulking, blue, bald, silent man. Pretty sure
2: he's still on the planet. Holding <laughs> the berries, day. still looking around. <laughs> wondering
1: yeah.
0: when they'll reappear. Just told
1: to wait. Uh,
0: that scene was shot in Huntington Library, not too far from where we're at. Oh! In Pasadena? Yeah. In the gardens?
1: Oh, oh. it's beautiful there. Yeah. Can I just say, if if I had made this episode, there would be a bumper after the credits where you do see Mr. Holmes sitting in the picnic Absolutely.
2: Still. Yeah. And then getting arrested for tramping over some flowers or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for the Enterprise to save him from execution and they never, never come. Oh, the
2: heartbreak. Mr. Holmes.
0: <laughs> this summer we should do a photo shoot there with someone dressed as Mr. Holmes, just like holding the berries. That'd be great. Yeah. I'm sure we wouldn't Luxana. be the first.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Thousands of the, Okay. S- speaking of which, good dresses. And this outfit really shows Riker's butt. And I'm a fan. There were yeah. some very fan servicey shots. That is this universe's butt.
1: Hom has a kimono with rainbow insets and arms. Mm. Uh, it's really nice too. But yeah, uh, all for the riker butt at any time. <laughs> all for the riker
0: butt. Mm-hmm. It looked a little lumpy at one point, and I was worried. Get out of here! I, I will don't not know. Know. Okay, riker butt slander. Let's take some
1: screenshots and uh, you know we better look in. closer. Hold for on, I have a folder
0: and... of saved screenshots of this stuff. Let
2: yeah. Me <laughs> <laughs> he laughs
0: because he shares that. Uh, yeah, yeah, send it to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, great dresses. I thought, like, Troy's is. <laughs> she's wearing heels this summer. Uh, or Maybe, uh, yeah. I didn't catch that. I was like, who walks through the garden in heels? That's madness. Mm.
1: Thank you for calling out what is way undersaid. Yes, your yeah. heels just sink into the mud.
0: Well, it these are space heels. There's divots in the grass. There's no mud on Betas. I actually Beta have Z. talked to Katie about this. I was like, is there going to be an invention that fix heels for women? Because heels make, wedges. W- w- make legs look great, right? Well, wedges are the start, mm-hmm. but they make legs look great. But it's so hard to replicate that without that angle. And the angle is so uncomfortable on your feet slash ankles slash mm. everything.
1: Jake, I think that you're in the wrong line of work. I think you need to go into shoe development <laughs> because you've got the right mindset.
2: Have you seen the musical Kinky Boots? Because this is what that's about. What? Really? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Oh, I didn't know this. I will look this up. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah,
2: go watch Kinky Boots for sure. It's on Broadway HD. This is not a plug. (laughs) It's in the softcore section?
1: (laughs) It's all with the music of (laughs) Cyndi Lauper, yeah?
2: Yes, it's very, very good. Billy Porter, I think, originated one of the roles. Oh, look at the heels on these. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. We love to see
1: it. Okay, we'll get into some Kinky Boots (laughs) Uh, and we'll soon do a review (laughs) podcast.
0: (laughs) So uh, while while they go and confront Luoxana and uh, sit down and she offers them some veiny vegetables. Um, yeah, the, uh, the which kale. Which is just
1: kale, red yeah. kale, right. which they're like, look at this wild space food because in the 90s no one ate kale yeah I yeah think,
0: so it, I think there might have been a save there by the production crew because I believe what the rumor is according to memory Alpha, is Gene Roddenberry wrote a joke in there that has that same line but it's not kale that gets handed it's more like a cylindrical vegetable of course that's veiny oh and it's a he dick would. joke I think so or
2: at least you not kidding? necessarily a dick joke so Gene, much as like. Eugene Rodney a
0: dick joke in my Star Trek? I think Trek? he's trying to give Loaxana a sexual nature to her suggestion as opposed to just a dick joke, but it's still just is a dick joke, <laughs> right? Well, it's also his wife. Know, yes, that's um, true.
1: I would say that this kale leaf is more vulvular. <laughs> Oh, in nature. So maybe the joke stays. It's just uh, less.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Damon Tog beams down and uh, offers her some flowers. Yeah. And
2: wants her hand again. I like this throwaway (sighs) because the flowers become significant and I'm a sucker for prop work that becomes a plot hook.
0: Uh, fast forwarding just for a quick second, why? How did mm. they? I remember them bringing that up, but I don't remember why. It's because they had her
2: like his DNA on it. No, something? because it was they were Ferengi plants. Oh, he brought them from his I ship, that. Okay. and they were on Betazed. So great. That's and how when it was she solved.
1: throws him. That's how Data assesses immediately that the where they come from, and that Ferengi's have indeed kidnapped their yep. Starfleet officers. Right.
0: So, yes, that's right. They are kidnapped, and uh, they are beamed aboard the Ferengi ship. And they're, they've been knocked out, apparently, as well.
2: I was going to say, it, it seems like the Ferengi have either, like, super advanced transporters or, like, that's the side effect from being transported like that. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, well, either they got knocked out from the transporter or just someone clubbed them over the head yeah. we didn't see. but
1: <laughs> Well, when, when kidnapped in film and television, it is essential that one wakes up... Mm. Uh, in in the new location, you can't yeah. just be somewhere awake after you were kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, that's not how it works.
2: <laughs> I like to think it was one of the Fringy Energy whips because we don't see them. Oh often yeah, enough. those kind of disappeared. Do we see them again, yeah. or was that
1: just a throwaway from the
2: first season? That's where Wonder Woman know. got it. That's that's true. <laughs> Come from Planet the Mascara.
1: It's actually just an island on Earth.
2: Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that the worlds collided. The
0: two guards outside of their cell are playing three-dimensional chess. And what do you know? It's that same Ferengi. And meanwhile, Deanna and Loxana are transported away out of their clothing, which I was shocked by. That effect Ugh. was pretty cool, despite mm. them being beamed naked somewhere else. Uh, and Dr. Farrakh yeah. immediately can, like, doctor. <laughs> Again, this guy's a doctor and doesn't yeah, have yeah. very good bedside manner because he. Tells them they shouldn't wear clothing and they don't have that dignity.
1: Oh, I was just going to say it's very similar to human earth doctors circa 21st century because there is uh, very little research on anything having to do with female bodies. Mm. Medical data is very limited. A lot of studies are just on male effects. It's documented. Gotta go. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But um, (laughs) uh, one of the the things that I had noticed about this, too, is I wonder how much of this suggestion was from Majel Barrett herself playing Loxana Troy because she comes from the era where there's this sort of like vaudeville sexy that isn't seen sort of as uh, like... It's not as raunchy, but there are still elements to it, and now she can get away with some things on TV, like like being naked, but mm-hmm. only showing this much. And you don't often, especially in this era, see older women characters be being portrayed as like sexually desirable. Uh, and Luxana Troy stands Very out true. in that way, and especially like right next to Deanna Troy. I mean, Marina Certis, and so you know you have the two of them that are. Yeah, it's a weird uncomfy scene, but uh, But what?
1: <laughs> but yes, but it is there's something beautiful she's about sexy. it. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's fair. It's also pl- it's played as comedy.
0: Like it's not played too dire. Yeah. Like they're not really uh they're threatened, right? They're being Because it's abducted. they're comfortable. It's still that the weight of that situation is happening, but sh- they're
2: always they're confident they can outsmart these guys, which puts it in a somewhat of yeah. a safe place. And it was established that in, like, Betazoid culture that nudity isn't as big of a thing as it is with isn't humans. Isn't there a thing and about so... them, like, getting married in the nude? Isn't that a thing? Yeah. We, we haven't yep. hit that yet, right? Betazoid
0: weddings in this show.
2: Yeah. When she was with
0: – Troy was That was – okay. We have – great, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they, they married in the it's nude. It's well documented. So, no, right. no big deal. But she still manages to cover herself up because it's cold, right? And Frankie doctors right. haven't researched it makes a fabulous how dress women get cold. Out yeah. of <laughs>
2: that sheet.
1: Yeah, they look excellent in their metallic snakeskin green <laughs> yeah. blankets that they've turned into togas.
0: Yep. They decide to try a little bit of, um, uh, I guess, seduction? She's going to try and uh, win him over persuasion. Meanwhile, back on the Enterprise, they're going to go observe this phenomenon in space that emits so much power that it overwhelms their subspace signals. So they can't get a message from Betazoid about or from Beta Z about the fact that Riker's been kidnapped and and Troy and Loxana. Right.
1: Feels like you shouldn't do things out of communication when your first <laughs> officer is off the ship. Yeah. Especially when crisis is around to every corner.
2: Well, the, I think one of the reasons that they were trying to give this sense of urgency was because it was one of Wesley's last missions with them, and he wanted to observe this thing as well uh, because he was going to be going with... This other Federation starship to be attending the academy. The and Barclay. So, what? The Barclay. <laughs> That's the what Lieutenant. Is it called?
1: The name of the Not ship. Not
2: Barclay. <laughs> no, that was
1: some other episode. There's the name yeah. of the ship that starts with B that he's supposed to be on. The, uh, he aced uh, his written exam, and he's right. got to go take the oral.
0: The Bradbury, which I believe might have been named for the Bradbury. Rod Bradbury. Right, right. Mm-hmm. The sci-fi of um, Fahrenheit 451 fame.
1: The one that loved to burn books. Yeah,
0: that that was his well, thing. He loved to burn yeah. books.
1: What was his thing? He loved burning books? <laughs> Notably,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, But, yeah, we have this little storyline of Wesley sort of discovering, um, you know, what it's like to be on the Enterprise is going to change uh, when he either comes back or maybe doesn't come back after his time at the Academy. And there's this lovely storyline of what students go through when they graduate high school and go off to college or go into the workforce or whatever. He's missed a
0: couple opportunities to go to the Academy already, right, because of – Yep. timing of things Well,
2: he, and he failed he tried to go, do the early uh, going in with that test and right. didn't make it and then uh got swept away when they were trying to do it again because it, i don't know what excuse they <laughs> uh, this kid will but never but he get could to still college do the, yeah <laughs> still do the written one so he'd passed the written one for a while and it was just this last step
1: always an acting ensign never an ensign <laughs>
2: Until, Until today, it's... right?
1: We're not there yeah. yet. Oh,
2: not there. Uh,
1: but yeah, it, I totally love this this realization that, hey, Wesley, you know, you're not automatically going to be reassigned mm. to the Enterprise. And uh, of course, I like that they bring up the detail that Picard can request you. It seems like that's within a Starfleet uh, captain's purview to request mm. a certain ensign that he wants. <laughs> but What if Picard's not still the captain after he Graduates. So it much can change in four years or however long Starfleet takes. Yeah,
2: totally. The tours. Is- mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Well, this is a particularly relevant because um, we have a teenager from, from David's cousin staying with us for three weeks. Because he doesn't know what to do after sure. he graduates. And so yeah. we're showing him how working in film in L.A. is like... Obviously such a straightforward <laughs> career path. <laughs> uh,
0: so easy and simple. I yeah. forgot you have your own acting ensign this summer. That's good. I do. I <laughs> have
1: an acting ensign. Oh my god, I'm calling him that from now on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he helped out on a recent Good Times society shoot and it was wonderful. Yeah, very helpful. Is he enjoying I've, is he enjoying what he's been doing?
1: Um, I don't know, but he has taught me that in iMessage you can play eight ball. I'm learning all the cool things that so 17-year-olds do. so. What you're saying do. is
2: he's some sort of prodigy, and you were visited by another being to tell you so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he's the oh, chosen one. Did I tell he's you about cho- that? I had a he's, weird he's, dream about a, someone telling me he's a chosen one. Yeah. <laughs> there it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's a chosen one. One of the chosen several, is what we call sure. it. Yeah.
2: Sure. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we get a bunch of bluff checks. From Luxana, and she discovers Umox, and so do we. <laughs> oh, we. Well, the, uh, the ears of the androgynous zones? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. I- Erogynous, felt... not androgynous, but, you know, <laughs> whatever does it for you. I was watching
1: this. I was like, this is not, none of this is okay to me. This is so... Yeah, well, this is... Uh, Uncomfy, this also... as you put it.
2: It is uncomfy, but it is reminiscent of classic Trek in that it weaponizes this feminine seduction in a way that gives, like, it used to be the thing of, like, if we needed to seduce someone to give us the access code or have them uh, distracted while we do something else, that was sort of the that role. And so she's still fulfilling that in a sense, but it's... Ugh.
1: <laughs> uh, it's different with next gen because yeah. you know there's two Troy's here and they're working together and they're communicating, so it's not like they're alone. But yeah. that older version of like, well, what could a female person do in right. this world? Seduce? Yeah. It, like obviously it's harkening back to those kinds of plot lines, but it came out from a, such a male viewpoint of yes, Um yeah, The whole
2: episode. Yeah, very much from a male point of view. <laughs> I did I did
0: like her ability to get information out of him gradually, though, without it being sexual, right? It's like she starts to convince him about, like, just of being, I guess, f- go ahead. Well, I
2: was going to say, for what we perceive as sexual, how so?
1: To to a Ferengi. Right. That oh. was, like, <laughs> the, the dirtiest of dirty yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's a fair point. Ear. But
2: I was talking about, well, like, I when mean, she tried to get
0: the access code for the drink and stuff like that. The long yeah, walk for Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: She knows what she's doing. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's that's where the diplomat comes out.
0: Yeah, that's what I think they were trying to go for was manipulation. But obviously she's still uh, being abducted and like still being treated as property, which yeah, uncomfortable to the max.
2: She's also out of her comfort zone in another way in that she cannot read them. Normally I would assume that especially Luxana would use her telepathic abilities and empathic abilities in the sense, but they don't affect Ferengis Mm because they have four lobes or something throwaway line that data
0: had <laughs> i wanted to hear more of that like i know this is the nerdy part of me is whenever data gets analytical the mm-hmm. the crew is always embarrassed by him and shuts him up yeah or like is bored by him and shuts him up and thinks he's just jabbering but i'm like wait he's gonna say something kind of interesting there guys let's at least get him through a sentence
2: yeah well that's the thing is wow. we set the precedent you're the one who
1: would be off with data in the corner of the party yeah. as everybody else is talking about you know other uh. fun things dancing you're like data tell me more about the lobes of a ferengue yeah. Uh, yeah
2: maybe. yeah I suppose probably in the early part of the party and if you phrase it that way it gets into Umox and you just you want to clear that Google search from
1: data. <laughs> yeah clear that Oh boy. well Riker is solving some stuff you know he knows how to uh, logic his way out of out of a situation as well mm-hmm. as he', um, he his own
0: seduction game
2: right?
1: Yeah, he's just plays real coy about how good he is at four dimensional chess of Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, I could play you from my cell. He's real good at that
2: like yeah, like negative attention to get what you want type
0: of thing. It was coy later, but it felt in the beginning that he was being the kind of gamer who's who's quarterbacking the whole time. He's like, You're gonna lose if you move there.
2: he's the guy which you... was
0: all according to plan yeah well that's the thing is that it's a long yeah. game to get him to be so annoyed that he lets him out to prove it right so mm-hmm. i like where at least that led to instead of Riker just being a dick about winning earlier
2: or... <laughs> right it becomes fifth dimensional chess Ooh,
0: oh. nice. <laughs> nice. there are there's a real rule set for that game that they made afterwards oh, yeah. right i'm sure the nerds have <laughs> yeah if they <laughs> if they wrote the nerds. if they wrote a klingon language they wrote rules for Absolutely.
2: Well, speaking of sort of the Klingon language, there are full translations of Shakespeare shows in Klingon, and we get this love for Shakespeare coming up. Oh, my Because goodness. we have this, eventually the seduction leads to a deal being struck between Loxana and this Ferengi of let Troy and Riker go, and I will voluntarily stay with you. Um, and that seems to be the deal on her word. But we know that Loxana may have a trick up her non-sleeve as well. Non-sleeve? <laughs> But
1: she's not one to go back on her word. That's she's true. one to find a way of... <laughs>
2: Around it. <laughs>
1: uh, ...making the other go back on their word. Yeah. Or, uh, like, making the agreement void in some other way.
2: Yeah, yeah. And what a great way. Yeah. And, a lot Again, of...
1: showing her prowess at manipulation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And some very, very good bluff checks uh, from her and Picard. Oh, my
0: gosh. Th- this scene almost made the whole thing really worth it. <laughs> this was the mm-hmm. comedy, I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Picard is supposed to be such a stiff person but well read right so he's read all these things mm-hmm. but whether performing them is a different story and like patrick stewart has to ride this layered line right yeah. of being someone who, who who personally loves it playing mm-hmm. a character who doesn't being forced to pretend yes. to love it it's like yes yes five-dimensional acting <laughs> absolutely absolutely
1: his character loves the language and has committed right. it to memory, but didn't want to recite it to of Troy.
0: <laughs> Nor ever performed, yeah, right? Like, like, that's not a Picard
2: thing. Right, right. Yeah, there are a ton of layers to it, but I, I think he just nails it and, and <laughs> yeah. it's all coming through.
1: Normally, they'd throw him in the brig and be like, uh uh-uh, uh, that's not you. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And we've mentioned this before, but there is this techno song that that we love very much, the Captain Jean Picard. And this is like the B section of it, where they take this monologue and sort of stretch it out over it. Uh, We'll put the link to it in the show notes. (laughs) For the I third won't. time. Someone will. <laughs> it's also like a
0: very famous screenshot of him professing his love to her. Yeah. That's, it's such a great look. It, whenever I see those of Picard and I don't know what episode they're like, I'm like, is that an outtake or a real shot from right? a scene? I never know until I and see it. And you never know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same with the one of like both Picard and Riker with their heads in their hands.
2: Yep. Or Q with the mariachi band on the de- <laughs> on the bridge. <laughs> like Always. Why? Why? <laughs>
1: So good uh, My love is a fever Longing still for go. that which Longer nurseth the disease Ooh,
0: Why couldn't you say that to me In the me. beginning of the episode
1: Just, Oh yeah Because I didn't have the text in front of oh, me Oh there it is
0: Yeah <laughs> uh, yeah. He, he cobbles together a bunch of different sonnets There's something else in there too that's not Shakespeare right I, I don't know uh, There's like
2: a Tennyson I don't know. poem or something It's the first
1: couplet look. of several sonnets yeah. mm-hmm. One is one forty-one, and then I think ninety-one. Uh, Shall
2: uh, I for those of thee you, summer day.
1: Yeah.
0: It's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. That's tennis. Oh it. yeah, mm-hmm. Th- and
2: that's just a saying. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's like at the end. Well, yeah, somebody he squeezes wrote that it. one in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which works because not only does he profess his love in a way that convinces the Ferengi captain that Picard's really uh, in love with Loxana, that Picard'll. Has killed all of his her ex-boyfriends. Yeah,
2: husbands. <laughs> husbands. Love that turn.
1: All this seems on brand for what I know of Picard if he were in love.
2: Plus, if you take it from a Ferengi perspective, Picard has been the captain that has like foiled Ferengi before. And so he's got kind of this reputation already. And the Frankie falls for it. Uh, Tog immediately is like, uh, wait,
0: what? And Picard's going to give a 10 <laughs> second countdown until they blow away a ship. And the is like, wait, if you do that, you'll destroy her. And he mentions about, what's the quote about giving away a rose? Once, <laughs> oh, my
1: God.
0: oh, yeah. Once it's plucked,
1: it starts to wither. Yeah, That's yeah, also was... <laughs>
0: very like treating women as property in its quote. But you get that the, the, there's a nice sentiment in there. I somewhere. think that's
1: also from a sonnet. Yeah.
0: Probably simultaneously love and don't love it, but either way, the countdown begins and the dog panics and beams her back aboard, and so we yeah. rescue—or actually, Loxana kind of rescues herself. I love that it's really her machinations that do this and forces Picard to have to do these sonnets. It's great.
2: I also, while he was doing that countdown, he full on told Worf to arm the photon (laughs) torpedoes and the phasers. And Worf is not someone to catch the subtleties of what is happening. If he had said fire, Worf would have fired. (laughs) Hold
1: on. What about the time when they um, pretended to be Picard and Picard did that thing where he did shifty eyes at everybody on the bridge. And Worf knew, Mm. put a little force field around these two dudes.
2: You've been trekjacked. No. Listen, I think that Worf would have used it as an excuse to destroy the Ferengi. And, and the Lassana. Lassana. I
1: thought that he wanted them destroyed. Yeah.
2: My finger slipped. <laughs> you said fire.
1: I was following a chain of command.
0: Uh, yeah, this was, uh, this was quite a attempt
2: at a comedic episode. I, I,
0: I had fun.
2: Well, <laughs> I, like, and then there's that button at the end and I full on cried. Did you? Oh, that's oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah. I'm at a hair trigger
0: for crying now. Yeah. We need to resolve Wesley's plot. So yeah. because he helped figure out the Ferengi signals that Riker was sending. which was a So yeah, that whole line.
2: sequence of like, there's a time thing. This ship is going to leave without you and they cannot wait another minute. <laughs> Let's like, go
1: back. Because um, this all came about because Riker had escaped through using his chess guiles, just like knocked mm-hmm. out that Ferengi. Um, him and Deanna are free, and they're trying to break into the ship's computer to send a message to the Enterprise. Uh, and Deanna messages to her mother, "Hey, get the code. We can't get into the computer unless we have his access code." Mm-hmm. Uh, then that's how that whole drink thing came about, where she very. Yep. Manipulatively but subtly. So close. It's like, ooh, let me teach a replicator to make you the drink that I want you to try. She rolled like a natural
2: 20 and then a natural one on that other Uh, guard's bluff. Yeah.
1: Right? On uh, on the charisma check and then on the stealth check. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, uh, So they don't get in, but. Riker cleverly says okay what is the like simplest thing that they wouldn't even have password protection on right i mean obviously the phone is not gonna let you like even set a timer if you don't know the password but whatever um it's different <laughs> it's than different. an iphone um and so it's he's like okay <laughs> i am going to manipulate the static of our warp drive uh
2: stabilizer, like,
1: stabilizer. Yeah, yeah the most Insignificant technobabbley thing, mm. and only one person thinks. Yeah, uh, thinks about what that static sounded like. Okay, continue.
0: No, yeah, that's no. That, that thank you for laying that out because that was why I thought they tracked him down. I didn't remember the flowers part being key to it. So it's actually two reasons they tracked them two. down, right?
2: Well, yeah, and then this connects right back to the scene in the beginning with the Betazoid instrument because the signal that he sends out turns out is that same pattern, Algolian ceremonial rhythms.
1: And Riker was like, of course, they'll all immediately get this. What a deep cut, Riker. But I really think,
2: that Riker was thinking, Wesley, that nerd, he's gonna know what this is. And it, <laughs> he almost didn't listen to it because, you know, he was on his way out. And so that would have been the last He'd chance. He'd
1: heard it once, but it sounded like static to everyone. And then he kept playing the static back in his mind because he was like, that static had a beat. And I've been grooving to that beat recently.
2: And then he he makes the decision to turn around and physically go back instead of just tapping his communicator and saying, hey. But they sort of justify it in that he's like, I needed to hear it again. I needed to be there to work this out. It's also the passion of a
0: 17-year-old boy who's cracked the code. He needs Mm -hmm. to get up to the bridge and show off a little bit. That's true. Uh, But also that uh, Algolian music is like 16 bars repeated over and over and over and
1: over and over and over. (laughs) Oh, a significant thing about the way that Wesley was starting to get onto the transporter to go take his test. Picard just goes, "Uh, no long goodbyes. Get to the go get on the ship. And no one looks at him. No one else says goodbye. Yeah. It's because he took
2: too long and they didn't have time then. Yeah. The most important thing is he almost forgot his little Star Trek lunchbox. <laughs> but it's okay, because his mom was there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And thank God it has that Star Trek logo, the yeah, Enterprise the logo. or Yeah, Federation logo. Yeah.
2: Who knows it, what that lunchbox belongs to?
0: Oh, the Federation? Okay, But because cool. he eventually <laughs> helps out, he misses his appointment on the Bradbury. And the Bradbury's got to get on to other things than to go deliver some acting ensign. So mm-hmm. they leave. And so Picard... Wisely uh, finds a workaround, which is he can do field promotions. He can do whatever he wants. I, uh, <laughs>
1: he had this power the whole time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what was your your What were your thoughts on this scene, Xander? You cried. I love this.
2: Yeah, I loved it because I mean you could clearly see that it was an analogy for someone not taking the traditional path of education maybe have being a gifted student or something like that skipping grades or or even you know going to like an arts school or something like that instead of this traditional path so it very it's it's a resonating scene with me uh, and i just love it yeah
1: and it's the solution to the you may not be assigned to the enterprise problem because it's mm-hmm. a Class A Federation starship. I mean, why would this little ensign get get to go on board?
2: But also the recognition of the duties, the things that he's done have been incredible. And it's just like, oh, that's Wesley, our kid. But no, he's an officer, and he's doing amazing things.
1: Yeah, I feel like he should probably be a lieutenant based on the amount of times he saved the <laughs> right, day. But you got to start. You got to <laughs> yeah. start with the red. The red coat first. Um, I will say that it looks a little baggy on him, and he looks cuter in the gray. But maybe he'll grow into into it. it. We'll see. They fix
2: it, I think. Yeah.
1: It's almost better that it's a little too big (laughs) for him. Yeah. (laughs) It's cute. His gray thing also
2: has this weird,
0: it doesn't fully zip up in the back, and he always kind of has, like, these unfolds, right? Yeah, the The flaps. flaps. What is that? Yeah,
2: it's yeah. a weird choice. I, it was supposed to be maybe like I a the first or time a I saw it, thing, that wardrobe
0: just missed it, but the, it's every scene that has it. I was like, oh, they want that to happen. Yeah.
2: They just wanted irregular silhouettes, I think, is sure. to be more futuristic or alien, but ran out of ideas.
1: In the future, we'll just have <laughs> random lumps where our body parts are not.
2: Explains Riker's you.
1: butt. <laughs> it's fashion. But it is perfect. That's Don't true.
2: go
0: there. I bet this was pretty cool for Will Wheaton actually because Gene Roddenberry mm. uh during this uh after they shot the ceremony scene gave Will Wheaton his second lieutenant bars from World War II. Whoa. And at that ceremony, uh the chairman of the Joint Chiefs Colin Powell was visiting set that day, so he was there for that, which is pretty crazy.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah. Will. Yeah. Oh god, my god. What a cool
0: moment. Yeah.
1: Oh God! I mean, how do you top that? Really?
0: I don't think you can. Like your yeah. fake promotion gets a real like ceremony, yeah, yeah, commendation, really, yeah, with, with <laughs> the chairman of the Joint Chiefs and Gene Roddenberry. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, just retire. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was uh, Menage a Trois. Well, menage that was Menage Troy. troy. <laughs> And next week, it's Transfigurations, where the Enterprise rescues a critically injured amnesiac who is undergoing a mysterious transformation.
1: Is it oh. Professor McGonagall? Mm-hmm.
0: It is Professor McGonagall. This is the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the Harry Potter crossover episode. Oh, God.
1: Yeah. Transfiguration <laughs> teacher from Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Exactly. <laughs> well, I can't wait to get to next week.
2: Let's go there. Ensign Crusher. Oh, yeah, (gasps) he gets to do it now as an ensign.